All right, fam, I hope you saw the announcement, but we launched the 2023 For the Girl tour dates. We are going to six different cities across the country, and I'm so excited because that means that we finally get to hang out with all of you in person. (laughs) Yes, we are so excited. For real, for real, though, we like actually will get to hug you, meet you, talk to you. And you guys know that's like one of our favorite things because we're always just behind the scenes here on the podcast and forgetting anybody's out there and listening. So we get to hang out with you. It's going to be the best ever. But even more importantly, you are going to encounter Jesus. If there's any of you listening right now that have just felt a little bit dry in your faith or you've been putting it on the back burner and you're like, gosh, I need to get back to it. Like I need to be in an atmosphere of worship to be revived and excited about it again. Well, I just really sincerely want to invite you to tour because this night will change everything. I promise you'll leave feeling refreshed, refueled, and so excited about how Jesus is moving in your life. So gosh, I can't wait for that moment. Yes, we have two ticket options for you. The first is just general admission. Tickets are about $15. So you have no excuse not to be there, ladies. The second is our VIP option. We have limited spots at each stop, but essentially you're guaranteed to meet us, get some pictures with us. We're going to save you some front row seats, baby. And then also you're just going to have an opportunity to get to the merch first and also have an incredible VIP bag that is full of goodies from some of our favorite brands and companies that we're really excited to introduce you guys to. All of the tickets are available at ForTheGirlTour.com. That is ForTheGirlTour.com. You can check out where we're going, learn more about the event, and grab your tickets. We cannot wait to just hang out with you guys in February. It is going to be such an incredible experience, and we will see you on tour. Woo! Hey guys, it's Mac and you're listening to the In My Feels podcast series. We are so excited you're here. If you're looking to get even more out of this series, be sure to grab the In My Feels Bible study book available at both forthegirl.com and lifeway.com slash in my feels. This study is what this podcast series is all about. In this study, you'll be able to dig into scripture to understand the heart of God in each and every one of these eight core feelings and even begin to implement these things into your everyday spiritual journeys. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this Bible study. So grab a copy and let's get into the episode. Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to session seven of our In My Feels podcast study. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe we're almost to the end of this thing. It has been an incredible journey just diving into all of our feelings together. And today we're going to be jumping into the feeling of guilt, which is such an important one. I learned so much from the scriptures this week, and I'm really excited for you guys to dive in as well. But Ken's, before we get into that, we need to do our little warm-up question, our icebreaker. And so for this week, 
If you're following along and you're doing the groups, then you know that this week's question is, you have to start off by sharing about your middle school self (laughs) because there's nothing quite like bonding (laughs) over what happens when we were all awkward and angsty and just in our funny, hilarious middle school days. And if you are in middle school and you are listening to this, we love you. And we're so happy you're here. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. You're going to look back at yourself and just be like, wow, I loved that girl. I don't know. It's going to be good. But okay. First of all, I have to say my hair was dyed almost black, which Mm -hmm. is just, just wasn't the look. It wasn't the move. It wasn't the look. I'm a natural, I'm a natural brunette. It just shouldn't have happened so early in life. I don't know what my mom was thinking by letting me do this. So (laughs) there is that. I went to a super, super small Lutheran middle school, like 10 people in our class. And that pretty much defined my personality. I was just comfortable with the small group. Yeah. Yeah. Felt most myself with just a couple of people around me. Okay, Definitely wasn't cool. This is amazing. I love this. You were not cool. Well, I'm okay. so excited to tell you about I my read. middle school self because honestly, I kind of was in my prime <laughs> in middle school. Truly. I think I was at my Where peak, are you? My peak level of coolness. And let me tell you why. So my sixth grade year to my seventh grade year, I transferred middle schools to a new middle school. And there was a group of 10 of us from our old middle school that went to the new middle school. And I definitely was playing the new girl status. I was the mysterious new girl in my middle school. And the the best part about it was that one of the guys who transferred middle schools with me was like super cute. And he was the cool guy that all the girls at this new middle school were all like, oh my goodness, have you seen Austin Miller? He's so cute. You know, all the girls were about him. And I was... I was good friends with him. And not only was I good friends with him, he and I had like dated, I think for three days in middle school. And I was, I didn't, I decided I didn't actually want to date him. So he and I were pals, but I was like, oh yeah, I totally could help you get Austin Miller. (laughs) So (laughs) all the cool girls wanted to be friends with me. I was friends with Austin. And so it got me. Oh, good move. So yeah, I was in my prime. (laughs) That. That is amazing. I love that for you. Being the new girl is like a leg up in the world. It's cool. You get to like, yeah. you get to become a new version of yourself, whoever you want to be. Well, it can go either way. You never know how the new girl status is going to go. Because I've been the new girl it's other true. times in my life, and it's not been great. You so. feel, yeah, you feel like yeah. you're on the outside, and it's hard to fit in, and you don't know where to sit or who to talk to. That's really tough, yeah. I will say, too, I did get braces in eighth grade, so this is pre-braces, so my cool factor went down once I got the braces on. Oh. Grade. Yeah. Y- you got braces a little bit late in life, I feel like. I did. I Wait, did. no. Middle school is normal. Yeah. No, I had no, no. A, Yeah, that's late because that means it going to the high school. I had them on my freshman year of high school, eighth and ninth grade. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty crazy. Life. I know. I know. But so speaking of braces, today I actually called an orthodontist because I'm considering getting a Vidzalign. <laughs> Really? That's happening in my life. Nice. Yeah. Okay. My front teeth are just so crooked. So once again, any middle schoolers out there, don't forget to wear your retainer because why is it fine? You know, ten years later, 
Yeah, I think ten I years later, you teeth. feel guilty that you didn't wear your retainers. <laughs> Speaking of guilt, okay, we really need to transition into this week's topic. I feel like most of our intros have been really on topic and this one was just a little bit of a stretch. But the point being is like, I think we were trying to get some like some mess up moments in the midst of it. Maybe you're a big time rebel in middle school. And so you might feel this feeling deeper. But anyway, okay, guilt. I think a lot of us know what this feeling feels like. It's a feeling we experience when we do something wrong and feel super bad about it. Maybe when you talk bad about a friend, maybe in the moment you feel fine, but the second you walk away, you're just like, oh, I hate what I said. I feel so ugly and bad about that. Or maybe it's a feeling you experience when you make a decision you knew you probably shouldn't make. It's that thing that you're trying to hide from your parents or the text you don't want your boyfriend to see. It's the feeling you get when you, this is actually funny, when you eat too many French fries or too many slices of pizza and you're physically just not feeling too good about it. In the moment, you were like, this is the best thing I have ever tasted. But then you're just extremely bloated and like, why did I ever do this? I feel so guilty about it. I can relate to this one. This is definitely a part of my everyday. But Gil, it might sound similar to shame, but they're actually very different. We talked about shame last week. But Gil, it has to do with your actions, like actually something you do or take action on and feel bad about, whereas shame, it's rooted more in your identity. It's actually lies that we're believing about the way we view ourselves or not a sin we actually commit. So I hope you can catch the difference, difference there. But I've always said in my life, and even since I was young, that I've always had a super guilty conscience. I've always been so afraid to do, keyword do, something wrong or upset my parents or really anybody around me. I'm grateful for this because I feel like when I look back on my life, I'm like, okay, wow, I didn't do maybe anything super wild or crazy or anything I really regretted because I was just always so nervous about it. And I honestly low-key respect anybody at a young age who just has no guilty conscience and they're just going (laughs) ham and hard and then meet Jesus and are like, okay, wait, I can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I I know what that sounds like and how he's keeping me on track. But Mac, I want to know from you, how have you experienced guilt in your own life? There's been so many times in my life where I've had to come face to face with guilt. And I do think it's looked different in every season of life. But one place that guilt catches me up in, no matter what season of life, is oftentimes through a little thing I think we're all pretty familiar with, and that would be gossip. You know those moments where you are in a conversation with somebody and somebody brings up something and 30 minutes later, it's almost like you've blacked out and you've spent 30 minutes talking about this person and saying all these things. And I don't know about you, but I get to the next day and I think back upon it and I just feel like, ugh, why did I do that? Why did I, why did I say those things? Why did I join in on that conversation? That wasn't my heart. That wasn't who I want to be in this world. And I don't know. I just think that that is one of those things that still to this day, I will sit in my prayer time with the Lord the next morning and be like, Lord, I got to confess this because I feel so incredibly guilty about the thing. And I think for me, whenever I feel guilt, 
my instinct is to either number one, <laughs> pretend like it's not there, just ignore it and be like, ah, whatever. Or number two yeah. is to almost like justify it, be like, well, I mean, she is kind of this or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel, totally. I really feel that I, I am not naturally good at dealing with my guilt or bringing my guilt to the feet of Jesus. And so that's why I think this conversation with the sour side and the invitation is just so powerful and so good. Yeah, you're so right. The result of guilt has two very distinct and different outcomes. We either run from it, deny it, justify our actions, and our guilt turns sour, which we'll talk about in a second, or we step into the invitation and let God refine us, accept forgiveness, and live into that, that we're going to start with the sour side. And I think this, it might catch you by surprise at first, but you'll see it maybe making a lot of more sense in your life because it sure did for me that the sour side of guilt is a little thing we like to call pride. Mm, <laughs> and yes. This is so real. And I'm glad we're talking about it because I often think that we don't even know where our pride comes from. We're like, why am I why am I, I don't like the way I'm acting or feeling. Where did this come from? Who put this in my life? Where, what is it stemming from? And so hopefully this gives you a little bit more clarity. But in this week's study, I shared about how pride has shown up in my life. And it's actually through my marriage. I've been married now for a couple of years. And a lot of people say, I'm sure you've heard this before, Mac, that your first couple of years of marriage or that newlywed season is often a humbling experience. People are like, You're going to really be humbled through this, Mm -hmm. learn a lot about yourself. But to be honest, my first two years of marriage have been quite the opposite. I think it might be defined by a prideful experience (laughs) because here's the truth. I can't tell you how many times Josh and I have been in an argument about something, something that I'm probably guilty of, but I just don't go with it. I say things like, oh my gosh that wasn't even a big deal or why would you even look at it that way? You're so crazy. You, you, you pointing fingers. I'm like, Hey, yo, you got to let it go. You know, I'm right. That is totally my default. And I truly rarely admit anything myself. And as I've hopefully matured in my marriage over the last couple of years, I realized that my pride, it really isn't a good thing. These conversations where I'm all up in my pride, leave Josh feeling honestly, super upset and insecure and questioning himself and our marriage and simply feeling super defeated. And I think that's the ugliest part of pride is that it just simply hurts people. Our pride creates a self-centered mentality and we forget about the way other people might be feeling. We try so hard to protect ourselves or protect our reputation or who we thought we could be or would be rather than being honest and open and caring for others or me caring for my husband in the way that I should. And I'm sure as you guys reflect on pride in your own life, you probably can say the same thing, that it's probably probably hurting those relationships. And it really does stem from this guilt where you make a mistake, even the smallest mistake, you feel guilty for it. Then rather than admitting you were wrong, you decide it's best to protect yourself and deny your your sin. And I don't know really where it goes 
for you from there, but I'm sure you can notice this pattern of destruction. It honestly never ends up good. And the real kicker, though, is that our pride doesn't just get in the way of our relationships here on earth, but it also gets in the way of our relationship with Jesus. All right, For the Girl fam, it wasn't that long ago that I was a single lady out there looking for love, and I remember the feeling of just wondering, are there any awesome Christian guys out there? Because I would look around and feel like there wasn't. And honestly, I wish that I would have known about Upward. Upward is an amazing Christian dating app that Ken's and I are super excited to tell you more about. Yes. I know you ladies are looking for a male, a man that is equally yoked and pursuing Jesus with all his heart. And I'm pretty confident there's a good amount of them at Upward. So you got to go check it out yourself. Download the app. Start scrolling. I mean, we got we got all, all the boys, all the types, all the looks, but one thing in common, and that is the heart of God, you guys. So this makes me really excited. I'm glad we have a resource that actually will point you to the good men out there in the world. <laughs> oh, because we remember how hard it is, guys. And so we really encourage you guys, check out Upward, download it, create a profile, and just give it a chance to see if maybe there is an awesome Christian guy in your community that you wouldn't know about if it wasn't for the gift of technology. And so we're going to leave the link in the show notes so that you can download the app, start creating your profile. And guys, let us in on your dating lives. Like, <laughs> Send us messages. If you're going on dates, if you're talking to somebody you're excited about, we want to know. We are in this with you guys. We love you so much for the girl fam. And be sure to download Upward. Our pride convinces us that we don't need his help, we don't need a friendship with him, and we definitely don't need forgiveness from him. Pride is like this big old fat wedge between Mm. you and Jesus and completely denies our need for a savior. And I'm sure you can think of so many scriptures that pride got the best of someone. We dove in in this week's study about the Pharisees and basically how they lived in this constant denial of, of Jesus and never wanted to admit their need for a savior. And they even witnessed so many miracles of Jesus right before his eyes, like multiplying or their eyes, multiplying food and doing so many miracles, yet they were just so stuck in their ways and their pride got the best of them. And it's so sad as I look Mm. at these scriptures, I'm like, gosh, they lived so close to Jesus, yet they just missed it. Mm. They just missed it because of their self-centeredness, because of their pride and It makes me think of how I'm just like them sometimes when I mess up and bandage my sin and bandage everything. And I simply miss out on this encounter with Jesus, those messy, beautiful encounters where you can get so close to him and encounter his grace and forgiveness that he offers. So I don't know about you, but I know that I need to get out of this cycle of my pride and back to the feet of Jesus. Oh my goodness, it's so true on so many levels because I think especially as Christians, it's really easy to fall into the trap of pride, to see ourselves as as better than other people or people who, who know the truth and know what's right. And so we almost draw a line between us and people and say like, hey, I'm better. Therefore, I don't have to deal with my sin and I don't have to deal 
with my own faults and my shortcomings because I can make a bigger deal about yours. And what I think is so cool actually is that in reality, if we look at this idea of guilt in light of the gospel, it actually can be one of the most beautiful feelings that we can embrace and accept as human beings. Because when you think about the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the fact of the matter is we were guilty. <laughs> like there's no getting around it. We as humanity, we were not enough. We were guilty of so much sin, so much junk. But Jesus came and on that cross bore it all for us. And so there's actually something really beautiful in being able to admit and come face to face with our guilt. We can actually, instead of feeling guilty and letting it turn into pride and justifying it away, we can actually use guilt to draw us into this recognition, this daily recognition that we are flawed imperfect people in need of grace and reconciliation. And then guilt can do this really beautiful thing. It can actually lead us into confession. And confession is such an important part of the spiritual life because confession is where we recognize what we've done. We lay it at the feet of Jesus and we ask for forgiveness so that we can get back in right relationship and fellowship with God and the people around us. And so this type of guilt, the type of guilt where we respond and we recognize our limitations and we go and we confess, we actually can then receive forgiveness and then it can lead us into this week's invitation, which is freedom. And I love this because this type of dealing with your guilt, this way of dealing with your guilt, it actually breaks the chains of pride and it breaks the chains of toxic shame and it leads you into a true freedom that can only be found in Jesus. And I just think that is the best news. And I've always loved this scripture. It says, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. But if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, there's that word confession. He is faithful. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And there we kind of see that progression again. When we feel guilty, it can lead us to confession where we receive the forgiveness of Jesus and we get to walk away in freedom with Jesus and also from that sin that perhaps led to that guilt. And so that's the good news of Jesus. When we feel guilty, we are invited into that brutally honest, messy, nothing to hide, raw, real admittance of what we've done, how we've hurt ourselves and others. And then we ask for that undeserved forgiveness. And even if we don't always get it from the people that we've hurt, we can always guarantee that we will receive total forgiveness from Jesus. And that's what that first John 1, 9 tells us. That is freedom, the invitation from Jesus in our guilt. And I love this because for me, this means that freedom with Jesus isn't never messing up. It's not being so good yeah. <laughs> that you don't ever actually need God's grace. Freedom isn't always striving to be better. It's not the way that you escape from sin or temptation or pain or guilt. Freedom is actually not about what we do or don't do for Jesus, but always about what he did for us 
on the cross. And that's what I love about freedom with Jesus. It's so simple. And all we have to do to receive it is to confess our sins. And then Jesus does the work of forgiving us, of cleansing us, and then inviting us to walk out a different kind of story with him. And so feeling guilty, actually admitting your guilt is step one to the freedom process. So the next time when we feel that heaviness of guilt, yes, we can choose to kind of ignore it or sweep it under the rug or to deal with it on our own or to justify it or to to cover it with pride, or we can choose to boldly stay planted, to go to the feet of Jesus, to confess it, to lay it down at his feet, and then allow Jesus to speak freedom and to speak forgiveness into the things that we have done. And while I can't promise you that this process is easy, because I can tell you from my own experience Mm -hmm. that confession is hard (laughs) and confession chisels away at you Mm -hmm. because in order to step into freedom, there are often chains that need to be broken off of you. But what I can promise is that Jesus in that process, he doesn't condemn He doesn't lecture you. He doesn't berate you with all the ways that you've messed up in the past. He actually listens and he forgives and he sets you free from the bondage of sin that you haven't been able to set yourself free from. And then what's so beautiful is he actually casts this new vision for what lies ahead with him because freedom isn't just about forgiving you from what you've done in the past. It's also about setting you up to walk in obedience with him in the future. And that's what I think is so cool in this invitation of when we feel guilt, Mm -hmm. that is actually the first step in the gospel good news message of, yes, we are guilty, but Jesus still forgives and Jesus still ushers us into this new life of freedom with him. And that is just such good news. Such good news. I feel like I could hear that last part over and over again, because sometimes when I make mistakes and mess up, I'm like, I don't know, just probably because we're taught this in the world and by our parents and (laughs) people around us, when we do something, we're going to probably get some reprimanding back at us or something like that. But that's just not what Jesus is going to do. And so that is true that anytime you meet with him, he's just going to listen. He's going to forgive and he's going to set you free. And it's going to be a really, really fruitful thing. thing. And I don't want to miss out on that. I'm like... Oh, I need to get back to that over and over again. And I think it's through that your character is just going to be so refined. You're going to become so much more mature and closer to him ultimately. Mm. So it's just such a beautiful process. And I don't want to miss out on it. I'm really excited for everybody to step into this invitation this week in the months moving forward. And I'm also really excited to get some practical direction from our feeling expert today. So take it away, Donna. Hey, y'all. Donna here to talk about guilt. Just saying the word guilt makes my chest get tight because it reminds me of things I have done and people I have hurt. Ken's and Mac did a great job talking about the freedom that can come from guilt. I'm going to spend some time talking about some additional issues around guilt and false guilt. Make the choice to not talk bad about yourself. Monitor your self-talk. Once you've admitted what you did, work really hard to accept it and then let it go and move on. Sometimes we carry guilt around like a heavy blanket 
We think our past behaviors disqualify us from what we hope to do in the future. Be intentional about your self-talk. You can say, I cheated on that test, but don't say, I'm a cheater. Now I want to spend some time talking about false guilt because I hear about it so often in my office. One thing I want you to do is ask yourself if you're really guilty of anything. I hear stories like this frequently. My friend texted to see if I could go to a gathering on Saturday, but I already had plans. I feel so guilty that I let her down. Where's the guilt? Is she guilty of something? She didn't do something wrong by having other plans. If you have a habit of feeling guilty, even though you didn't do anything wrong, I want you to practice thinking through the truth to yourself and then repeating it. It's not wrong to have other plans. When we think and speak the truth to ourselves, we create new neuropathways in our brain. If we practice this enough, it won't feel like we are doing something wrong when we haven't done something wrong. Another way of experiencing false guilt is thinking you should like to do what other people do. It is okay to have needs that are different than other people. Let's look at the difference between being an introvert and an extrovert. Introverts recharge their emotional batteries by being alone. Extroverts recharge their emotional batteries by being with people. An extrovert may want to go to 10 different gatherings in a week. She loves get-togethers, and the more people there, the merrier. So she invites all of her friends, introverted and extroverted, to everything. Healthy introverts may only say yes one out of 10 times. No need to feel guilty because you say no nine out of 10 times. You are just managing your energy by acknowledging your needs are different than your extroverted friend. That's okay. Also, if your friend doesn't get it, no need to feel guilty about that either. That's on her to accept that people are different. You be you and don't feel guilty about it. Doesn't that feel good to just let you be yourself? Sometimes false guilt comes from perfectionism. The idea that you could have done this thing or that thing better and then feel guilty about it. Sometimes we have such high standards that we can never sit back and enjoy what we have accomplished. Y'all, we have to accept that good enough is a legitimate goal. We can get so worked up about making something a little better or absolutely perfect that we never enjoy the completion of a project. We can feel guilty if everything isn't perfect. This is false guilt. Get rid of false guilt by taking the time to acknowledge what you completed. Acknowledge the progress. List the steps that you did accomplish. Ask, did I actually do something wrong? And when the answer is no, practice affirming what you did and celebrate it. Wow, we have loved getting in our feels with you guys. I hope you've loved it too. Continue following along throughout the week because we are posting on Instagram and on TikTok. You'll get a little inside scoop of our lives and so much more. We'll see you next week. I hope you have a great rest of your week.